ashes, dust to dust. On Valentine's Day? I mean... I, it's not my fault that Valentine's Day got all screwed up and jumped on my holiday. <laughs> Ash Wednesday was invented by Hallmark <laughs> to sell ashes. Great. <laughs> 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 Just another Hallmark holiday. Right. <laughs> all those famous Ash Wednesday gifts that you give her. And the Ash Wednesday movies. The Ash Wednesday movies. The Ash Wednesday box of chocolates. <laughs> they, I mean, they do. They jack up the price of, uh, of ashes at the grocery They do. Right, yeah, right through before. The roof, through the roof. Ash you Wednesday. can't get ashes anywhere. They sell out weeks in advance. But you can get them cheap the day after. You can. <laughs> yeah. cheap, cheap ashes on <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> First Thursday of one. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCarter. Still here. Still pretty successful. Yes. Uh, Ash Wednesday. Woo. It's coming out. Two days. Yeah. A few Be at Lord of Life. Yeah. Noon and seven. Noon and seven. Yeah, come on out. That one church was doing like sunrise ashes. <laughs> yeah. Sunrise ashes. You know, some people really want to get their piety in early in the day. That way it can be on full display for everyone else. So all get day it long. over with. I don't want to do anything at sunrise. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I want to sleep. I want my eyes to be I'm closed. Just, I'm just sunrise. telling you, some people get in, wear that cross all day long so that everybody can see how holy you are. Well, no, it's, it's so fun. everybody can say, hey, you've got something on your face well, all day too. long. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how do you deal with bangs? Uh, like as a pastor putting yeah, it on yeah, yeah. most people like move them out of the way like most okay. people know they have bangs but occasionally they don't so I was actually trained that you use your four fingers to move hair and your thumb to do the ashes okay. so four oh, finger and then nice yeah, yeah. Right. Boom. you were trained I, was. <laughs> I love that you were trained for like this they, they bring in people with bangs <laughs> like different yeah. hairstyles right. yeah, but here like, you go you know, final test <laughs> the first time yeah. that I was you know putting ashes on people's head the pastor's like okay here's what I do and like right. me, and was like this is you know yeah. What's like the final boss of <laughs> ash application? Sweaty. Yeah. Oh, sweaty is gross. Yeah. Sweaty, sweaty bald is surprisingly difficult. Because okay. like, <laughs> it's like, how far up do you go? On right. the, like if it's, if it's completely bald, it's like, where is the forehead stop and the head start, sure. right? The sure. perspective is all messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be tricky. <laughs> Suddenly you're putting like a landing pad on you're their right, head. It's yeah. not ideal. <laughs> Nobody wants that. All right, um, the Super Bowl was yesterday. It was. Somebody uh, won. Was it? Chiefs versus 49ers. Yeah. Uh, do you have a winner pick? Uh, Taylor Swift wins no matter what. She oh, won. not yeah. I thought I'd actually I have no miss idea who it the at the time game. of recording. I was no. like, really? I did not pay one <laughs> bit of attention. It was on a Tuesday night. That's I had so no weird. Idea. <laughs> That was a strange moment for no, me. Nobody even cooked food. What now, we will see who wins. Also That's see sweet. if you know, there's the conspiracy theorists about Taylor yes. Swift come true. Yeah, because are, are you familiar with the no? What, what's the conspiracy theory? Oh, well, theory? The did conspiracy you know that Taylor theory? Swift was not popular until she started dating <laughs> <laughs> Tyler? Oh, Kelsey. Okay, yeah, never heard. That's of what her. made her popular. Yeah. yeah, yes. The conspiracy theory is it's been they Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have an engineered relationship, uh-huh. and the NFL they have an engineered something. I don't know if it's relationship in part in partnership with you know rich you know shadow Cabals, yeah. shadow shadow governments like. Made the Chiefs make the play, make the Super Bowl, so that Chiefs would win, and Taylor Swift could use this platform to endorse Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm totally on ball or on board with the NFL engineered this so the Chiefs could get to the Super Bowl. Up to that point, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but then we just ride that train to right off the yeah. rails. <laughs> yeah, uh, Taylor Swift pretty popular before dating. Right. Cover- yeah. I, 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 you know, I'll- this is not the platform that she needed, right? Like, I no. think now more, you know. <laughs> teenage to early 20s mm-hmm. women know more about football right. than you know middle-aged men know about taylor swift yes. <laughs> at this point like Absolutely. Like, like it has gone that direction like yeah. it has made more interest in football for young women than it has taylor swift for old men yeah. so yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not sure she needed that. If no. She, if she's going to endorse Joe Biden, which she may or may not do, who knows? Yeah. I'm not and, sure. And she frankly, who needed, cares, right? She needed the Travis Kelsey bump. Right. Yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey was like, nobody knew who Travis Kelsey was before. I mean, he Chiefs was fans knew who, who Travis Kelsey was. Taylor Swift. I mean, like, it's not. People certainly knew. You didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Fans Did you know who Travis Kelsey was before he dated Taylor Swift? Like, yes, was, yes, because last year he last played, year he yeah. played his bro- his brother. Yeah. So la- last year Jason okay. was on the Eagles, his brother and Travis, and so that was like a. Th- that's when we all learned who the Kelsey brothers were. Yes. Okay. They became a, a but, thing. So NFL fans learned who the Kelsey right. brothers were. Not all of us. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. NFL fans, people who watched the Super Bowl last year, learned who they were. Yeah. Okay. A thing. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. All right. So there you go. They've uh, been they've been related for years. Well, it's its own conspiracy. That's right. right. <laughs> Engineered. That's right. We so just found out Joe about Biden. it. Joe right. <laughs> Biden. Yeah. Probably. They have a podcast. Do they? Jason Kelsey has a podcast, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Probably called Beyonce and a bunch <laughs> of competitors out there. Right. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. Actually, Beyonce Sunday would not be a bad football podcast because it would be like, you know. Because they play on su- Sundays, yeah. yeah. Mo- Monday morning quarterback. Let's yeah. send them a cease and desist. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Even if that's not the name. Right. It's just just for fun. <laughs> See if we can get a response out of it. Our legal, right get our legal team on that. So yeah. Right. You have a podcast. We have a podcast. Right. <laughs> get out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to, you know, weaponize our dozens of listeners against right. you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to engineer this. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to our news. Okay. Uh, you've flown on planes before? Uh, yeah. yeah. I just booked uh, some tickets yesterday. Oh, yeah. have you used oh where are you going? Uh, to a wedding in Jacksonville, Florida. Florida's fun? Yeah, Florida's fun. Yeah, weddings I'll be there suck, for like 36 large, hours. But Florida's fun. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm doing the sure wedding, so it sucks less when I'm doing it. Well. Less sure about Jacksonville. I automatically you know, assume that if I'm doing the wedding, yeah. it improves, right? That's yeah. a, I think if you go to Florida, Jacksonville's pretty low. Listen, I don't get to choose. I don't go to the bride and groom and be like, this is where I'm going to do your wedding. It's just like a bug in their ear. Orlando might be more fun. From now on, if you want me to do your wedding, we're going to Punta Cana, all right? At worst, White Sand Beaches. You know, like at worst. I don't know what to tell you, all right? I go where the wedding is. That's... Uh, so in a, in a plane, I assume yeah. mm-hmm. you've used an airplane bathroom. I have. Yes. It's a adventure using it with a toddler. Let me just throw that mm-hmm. out there for you. Yep. If you've not had that particular experience. Mm-hmm. yeah, It's tiny. Yeah. Um, Amanda and Sophia very nearly <laughs> got like, I don't know, arrested by an air marshal or, once, <laughs> or something once because Sophia <laughs> was refusing to go to the bathroom because she was scared. And like we were landing and Amanda like couldn't get her to leave the bathroom, but couldn't get her to go to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And we kept having these announcements from the uh, people. What are they? The, the pilots. Not the pilots. The other people. The people who tell you to sit down and buckle yourself The flight crew. That's it. Yeah. The flight crew. And they're all like, ma'am, you need to come out of the bathroom. And I'm sitting in my seat like, oh, God, we're going to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It all worked out. But it was like 10 seconds after they sat down that we were on the ground. <laughs> like, wow. That's wow, wow, wow. not ideal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, passenger trapped in airline bathroom for entire flight. Love Ooh. it. Best case scenario. No one's climbing over me. I can, yeah. Plenty of leg room. Yeah, plenty of leg room. I can turn off the light. It's ideal. Is that <laughs> best case scenario? <laughs> I think you have to unlock the door to turn off the light. Do I? Yeah, because uh, the light comes on automatically when you lock the door. True. So that's if you're shame. stuck, yeah. that light's on the whole time. Okay, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, a spice jet passenger. Spice? What is spice jet? Do you know spice jet? jet? Spice jet seems like an airline that you can get locked into their bathroom. Or like, say, like, like <laughs> Dune Airlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a passenger uh, was stuck in the, about the entire flight, which is about an hour. So it wasn't a, a super long flight. At least okay. it was, you know, like uh, Transatlantic yeah. or something. Right. <laughs> I've been in the bathroom for an hour it is without a budget, getting locked in there. All right. That's a budget enough. airline. Yeah. yeah I'll bet. That's just me time. <laughs> You pay for it with spices yeah. that you got right. off the black market. Right. Uh, the crew did send a note. Good. Under the door. <laughs> Under the door. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it here for us here. If I can read this. 
Uh, it's pretty hard to read. Sir, we tried our best to open the door. However, we could not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of confidence. So was he in there when they landed? Yes. Well, that's not safe. <laughs> He's not buckled in. Right. Do not panic. We are landing in a few minutes, so please close the commode lid and sit on it and secure yourself. As soon secure as the, yourself? As soon as the main door is open, an engineer will come. <laughs> With what is he supposed to secure him? Like, just hands up right. on the side of the wall? Yeah, if anything goes wrong, you're, it's over. I mean, like, what can right. you do, right? right. Yeah. Th- like, you're over in, like, in a main seat. I assume it's over already, but, like, at right. least you have a seatbelt. Yeah. Like, you, they'll be able to identify your body based off of your seat number right. because yes. you're still attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Your your cushion could be used as a flotation device. Yeah. Know, like, I know that. Can I use my toilet seat as a flotation Probably device? Probably not. Okay. I assume I no. not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should build that in. That we're, you know, what's going to happen now is that we're going to see like there are built-in seatbelts in the bathroom now. So in case this happens again, someone else is going to be able to strap themselves in appropriately. Right. Yeah. yeah, I could like a good four-point harness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I often wish my toilet had a four-point harness. It seems yeah. advantageous. What is happening in there? <laughs> you know, you I know you've been in there for over an hour. You got to get buckled in. I'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need more fiber? Yeah. <laughs> Getting exactly the right amount. That's, yeah. <laughs> What kind of what kind of ricochet comes <laughs> off? Because <laughs> 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 oh, strap in. Uh, he was provided a full refund. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's 20, good. His twenty bucks is yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Spice. Yeah. Where is Spice Jet? Where are they based out of? I don't know. Let they me... don't. Sh- I'll get it. You keep talking. I'll find Spice Jet. Yeah. So I mean, uh, how did you feel getting locked into an airplane bathroom and be like, "Hey, we tried." Oh. Yeah, um, it's from Mumbai, so. Oh, okay. So it's like a yeah. foreign country situation. Situ- yeah. that, that that is a foreign country. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not like we're gonna find. It's not like Spice Jet flies out of Houston. Is what I'm saying. Like right. a, yeah, probably like right. a regional something or other. Yes. And yeah. Now I feel like we can't the make fun of it because it's more it's yeah. Yeah. the yeah. note is in uh, English. So interesting. I don't know. Maybe the note was translated for you. Or maybe it's all fake. Maybe this is all just AI. Well, it's written. Like he's I got have a, a photo of, of the note. That yeah. doesn't mean it's not faked. Yeah, maybe. Is this guerrilla marketing for SpiceJet? Right. AI can do anything. <laughs> hey, right. SpiceJet, you all can right. get locked into the bathroom. Hey, full <laughs> refund, though. So yeah, like, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. Would you do that? <laughs> yes. If you knew it was going to be free? Absolutely. For an hour? Yeah, yeah no problem. Yeah. 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 Like, again, what, yeah, especially like what kind of flight? You know, like, right. Yeah. You know, if I get locked into the bathroom for an hour and it lands and I get a full refund, sure. Done. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, the engineers just like come and break him out of the bathroom. So if you have a connecting flight, you know, like, that's are annoying, they yeah. are they going to wait for bathroom guy? You know, like, that's a real <laughs> yeah. question. I would yeah. hope that they at least let the engineer on to start getting you out of the bathroom before they start deboarding everybody No, totally else. not. Everybody's got to come. I mean, because, like, if the bathroom's at the front, like, what are people going to do? Bathroom's usually at the back. I guess they usually have one have forward one. and, yeah. No, yeah. 100% not. They, they got everybody off that plane first. Because because yeah. you know like at least some people didn't know and they don't want to draw attention. That's a good point. Yeah. Dude got locked in the bathroom <laughs> right. on our airline. Right. <laughs> it probably got hot in there too. That's true. They turn the air conditioning off yeah. once yeah. they land. I will admit, you know, as a kid, the first time I flew, like the suction of that <laughs> toilet, it's, an, it's is alarming. Qu- is is quite frightening yeah. for a yeah. child. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. Gotta close that lid. You're yeah. Go right down with it. Right. You know. Uh, you know, so that that is you know. An intimidating process here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, he had his phone because, like, 
There's not a lot to do in our bathroom. I mean, like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, boredom. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, I would be bored. I'm not saying I wouldn't be bored. I wanted, I'm just I'd saying that's a, maybe not my primary I would want concern. a distraction right. from the fear of, like, what is going to happen. What's the worst thing that happens when you're locked in that bathroom? You're not going to, you're not actually going to get sucked out of the toilet. Like, that's not going to happen. Crash. You're not any more likely to crash in the toilet than you are in your regular seat. Like, the, the toilet's not going to crash on its own apart from the rest of the plane. Yes. There's no... Well, I mean, turbulence. You could be flopping around in there. Right. Yeah, that's, that's not it. ideal. Yeah. yeah. And if there is a cabin pressure leak, they don't have a little thing to maybe come they, down. Maybe they it's do. True. Maybe they have yeah, a ca- Or maybe they have a thing in the bathroom. It's true. You would just pass out. Could be the easiest way to go. Mm-hmm. In your sleep. Yep. On the yeah. toilet. <laughs> in a spice jet airline that's the dream uh, for free though <laughs> got that refund got, that re- yeah. got a refund though <laughs> all right there you go. let us know your airline adventures yeah have you ever had any flight difficulties have you ever had any uh, major flight mishaps yeah i don't major think so. flight mishaps you like you like are a pilot do you have a, i am yeah you have um, a, a flight mishap that you're allowed to share on air that doesn't put you or anybody else at risk of lawsuit yeah so I've never nope. had, okay. <laughs> I, I've never had a major accident. I have been like, I've Is seen this a bathroom somebody, accident or a flight accident. No, I've seen somebody <laughs> crash while oh, I oops. was, yeah, like on the runway that I was in the pattern for. That's not great. It's not great. Everybody was fine. I've actually seen that twice so far. What happened? Uh, so two separate things. One of them was, it was actually somebody flying a rescue dog somewhere and they took off and had an engine failure right after takeoff, um, but were able to turn around and make the runway again, but kind of like yeah, without any power and like messed up mm-hmm. some stuff. Um, and then another was actually one of the planes at my flight school with one of the instructors at my flight school with a student at my flight school that came in and the, uh, the wheel spar on the wing broke when they landed. It's so they <laughs> touched down and... Bam. So it's not like they did something wrong. It's like something was defective no. with the plane. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. That's not ideal. I'd rather go in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. That Less stressful, probably. Yeah, yeah. And hey, toilet's right there. That's right. <laughs> so. That's true. Right? Like, if you got to go, if That's you're right. stressed out, right. don't close that lid. They told me to close the lid. I'd be like, no, yeah. keep, I'm keeping this guy open. Better like, than right. having to change your pants. So. <laughs> there you go. All right. Our main article from Christianity Today. Don't use your straw right into the microphone. That's what I all just heard Sorry. you drinking your... Well, I'm thirsty, and since it's here, I'm going to get one more in. I'm just saying, back up from the microphone first. That's I'm back. From Christianity Today. All right. Above reproach? Yes. Question mark? <laughs> Fewer that, was, Ameri- that was good up talk right there. Yeah. Fewer yeah. Americans see pastors as ethical. Ouch. Okay. On board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, lay it on me. I'll yes. be your lightning rod of hate. What do yeah. you got? Uh, from Gallup here. Uh, they're quoting Gallup here. Uh, pastor credibility continues to decline in America. Yeah. So peaked I in the mid-80s, close to 70% Mid-80s, uh, that percentage late? of Americans who say clergy have high or very high levels of honesty or ethics. Mm. It was that late. Wow, I would have thought it peaked earlier. Okay. 50s. I would have thought 50s. Well, this, I mean, is, this is when is they've well, yeah. been keeping track to. Oh, okay. so Gallup doesn't have indefinite information. Well, come right. on, Gallup. Yes. <laughs> How much did you trust your pastor in 1955? <laughs> right. <laughs> I want that data. <laughs> uh, and started to go down just after 2000, and it's continued kind of okay. a downward trend from there. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, that's when uh, Sucks by Catholic Priest kind of came out. 
Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Some some major things around that time frame that we that were <laughs> <laughs> that were discussion points. You know. So, so if you're asking, like, what happened? Yeah, there you go. yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think that's the only thing. But yeah, that's definitely a piece of what yeah, happened for here. sure. All right. So yeah, and they have continued to drop. Here we go. I got you. Uh, down from forty percent to thirty-two percent over the past four years. Uh, Through COVID. Okay. Yes. Correspond. Uh, correspond more skeptical. Skepticism toward professions and institutions across the board. So, so it's not just pastors. I mean, like, everybody yeah. is less trusting of everything. Everybody's mm-hmm. down. Yeah. 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 Pastors are maybe down more than others. We, we definitely do have, I mean, across the board, kind of a, a lack of trust in our institutions yeah. in America, including some that were fairly high not too long ago. So yeah. let me ask this question. Do you all trust me 8% less than you did four years ago? <laughs> You're assuming I trusted you four years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It could be negative eight. Like you could like yeah. antitrust me now. <laughs> Let's keep this not personal. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be better. I, I feel alright. I feel alright. You feel alright? Yeah, okay. yeah. I appreciate that. I, I'm assuming we're not really talking about you in this discussion. So they did not mention your name. Sorry. <laughs> right. Sorry it's to not, tell you. It's not targeted. <laughs> That's right. Thirty-two percent of Americans do not trust yeah. David <laughs> Bowser and Lord of Life at the church. It was like across the board eight percent, but for David Bowser, <laughs> <laughs> only seven. Seven, so he's right. doing something right. Dropped, <laughs> dropped like a like a rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, a couple things. First, what do we think just about the data? Yeah. I, I listen. I probably trust pastors a whole lot less than I used to. Too. And if the question is, do I see pastors as ethical? Right. It's not even do I trust them or not, but do I see pastors as uh, automatically you are in a position that I declare ethical? Mm. I've talked to way too many pastors for me to hold that position anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. I might have an even lower rating than they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. think there's a few things going on here that seem kind of obvious to me right off the top. Like we're talking about the scandal, I guess yeah. is the right word for it with Catholic priests, um, which would, you know, just that's one very small yeah. Abuse cover segment up all those things. of yeah. the yeah. clergy. Um, there's also, you know, that time period is when you know, millennials are coming of age, right? Mm-hmm. We grew up through the satanic panic. Um, yeah, we did. So we, you know, kind of witnessed a lot of that messaging and came through yeah. it from the clergy, right? Sure. Um, and then also, I think mishandling of events like COVID mm-hmm. um, certainly does not help. It does not help. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I think, too, right, in that same 2000s window, we're seeing the real rise of the religious right as mm-hmm. a political yep. force, right? I mean, it certainly existed before that, um, but, you know... Sure. Uh, I mean, since at least, you know, the 80s. Right? right. But the but politics uh, are getting more and more obvious, right? right? And so if yeah. you are seeing clergy now as more and more associated with a political stance that you do or do not agree with, yeah. I think you're much more likely to say, well, I don't trust clergy because they stand on these issues and I, I you know, so I just, I can't trust clergy, right? I think you're yeah. more likely to take that stance than you would have maybe in the 80s or uh, 70s when clergy were not talking yeah. about those. Under- Even if they held the same political views, right? They weren't uh, running as a political party or advocating sure. for a particular candidate in that same way. I also think, you know, the news just gets out more now yeah. when somebody does something real naughty, right? Like yeah. you find out about so it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I, which I think is good by and large, yeah. you know, but I think we're just hearing about it more. Yeah. I, I think there was probably also a un, mm, unfounded inflation of how much people trusted clergy and mm-hmm. how much or how much ethic they placed on them. Right. I think a lot of that was ungrounded, but just said, oh, well, clergy, they must be such. An, and I think it probably did not take a whole lot to chip away at that very quickly. And you know, somewhere we're going to like bottom out and you know get to like, OK, this is where <laughs> this is the amount we actually can trust. them. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah. throughout history. 
uh, clergy have failed to live up to the ethical ideal of their position, right? Yeah. The, the ethical ideal has always been higher than uh, any individual pastor can obtain. Sure. Um, and that's true of uh, Martin Luther. That's true of popes. That's true of priests and pastors, whatever, right? Everybody has fallen short of that because pastors are uh, no more perfect than you or anyone else, right? We are all right. sinners in need of redemption. Sometimes we wear that sin more publicly or in more grandiose ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at some point, right, we're all going to come into conflict with my pastor is as broken as I am. And how do I, fi- or how do I wrestle with that? How do I sure. become okay with that? Yeah, those, those are all reasons, uh, kind of the study sites and this article will cite. Uh, one that we missed here uh, is kind of evangelical Christianity's countercultural moral positions r- mm. relative to, uh, you know, kind of younger yeah, Americans, sure. especially, mm-hmm. you know, in 2010, it would not have been countercultural to be anti-gay marriage across mm-hmm. both political spheres, right? Like sure. Democrats and, right. and Republican. And now it is, you know, a church saying we have a traditional view of marriage is very much countercultural, especially to a younger population in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, th- those are all things. And, and one that we also kind of missed is. I think a lot of more Americans nowadays versus in the eighties don't know a pastor. Yeah. That's like mm. that. They just have no, no personal connection, connection yep. to a pastor at all. Mm-hmm. And so there are the bad examples that we kind of highlighted, you know, in the media, you're like the, the kind of the biggest pastors typically are not that great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we don't know any personal past, like any neighborhood pastors. Just your friendly neighborhood pastor. It's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are all kind of, reasons why it could decline yeah um all right uh here we are by generation okay elder millennials and gen x that's us that's Mm -hmm. that's me yes uh most cynical fewer than a quarter people between the ages of 35 and 54 had a positive view of clergy ethics i'm not included in this age group (laughs) 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 are you at 35 I'm going to be 34 in June. going to be 34. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Still yeah. solidly under the counter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, so I wouldn't know about this. <laughs> does <laughs> These that are my you, elders. Does that mean you trust us more or less? I yeah. don't know. That's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You guys are the most cynical. So we are the most cynical when it comes to pastor ethics. That tracks. I feel pretty cynical about pastor <laughs> ethics. So You're giving us a run for our money. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, this would make sense. Clergy scandal in the 2000s. Yeah. I would have been 20, you know, in my early 20s. Yeah. So, you know, if, and you, th- you're, how old would you have been? 2001, 2002? 13, 14. Yeah. Old enough to know some yeah. stuff, right? Like, and involved in the church enough to know what was going on. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, and, but also not old enough that like the institution of the church is kind of like I've gotten like into the full tribalism of like an older generation, Mm -hmm. right? Of like, we got to surround the church. Like, so yeah, old enough to know it's a a huge problem, but not old enough to um, surround the church with like circle the wagons kind of mentality. Um, Older Americans, 38%. Uh, and those under thirty five. This is this is you, Elise. This is me. Okay, thirty percent. Okay, thirty percent uh, of what? Uh, you know, thirty percent of a positive view of okay. clergy ethics. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, seventy percent do not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Rever- but, but reverse. That I just is. thirty felt like a high positive <laughs> percent. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but a little a little higher than you know us over here. Yeah. Um, yeah. On this end of the table. Yeah. 
So any any uh, any thoughts about that? Any reasons why you might think? I don't think that applies to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of You're pretty cynical. I am, I am skeptical of anybody in a position of power across yeah. the board. Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, yeah, politics. You know, CEOs, whatever. I, I don't like. I'm just not your girl for. Uh, assigning some sort of moral value sure. to like a position. So I'm I'm with you on that. Um, One thing that I have witnessed in what I'm going to now call it your generation. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> yes. But the youngsters. Uh, us, the youngsters. Us young people. The weeblings. Um, you know, so one thing that I do see is that if people are invested in something, they're all in it. Right, mm-hmm. like they, they they put them so, the fully. Yeah. I think our you know Gen X, older elder millennials. I think we bounce around a little bit more. I think we're maybe less deeply invested in one thing and more widely. I don't know if that's entirely true, but uh, so if you have like 30, even just 30%, right. Uh, that are deeply invested in one congregation, right. Mm -hmm. If they're just in one place and they're like, this is my church, which I think we do see a rise of that as far, particularly amongst conservative evangelicals, right. We Mm -hmm. see a younger rise and saying, this is our church and we have to defend this. Right. Um, then even if the only pastor that they're thinking of is their pastor, well, their pastor is absolutely going to be ethical. Right. And they're going to answer it that in reflection of that, regardless of me, who they probably think is completely unethical, even though I'm consider myself more ethical than their pastor. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> than, than their fictional pastor. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better than the one I invented. That's right. right. <laughs> Definitely better than that loser. Come on. That's... Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a a fair theory. I, yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's good. 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 A good idea. Um, a hypothesis, yeah. mm-hmm. which now needs testing. Don't sure, not sure we can test it, at least not in this room at this moment. We're, right. going, we're going to but get I think 100 sounds, millennials. <laughs> sounds reasonable. Um, so people tend to trust their own pastor more than pastors overall. Sure. Uh, oh, so yeah, two-thirds of America, two-thirds of Americans have a very positive opinion of a pastor they have a personal connection yes. with compared to a quarter who said about the same pastors in general. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that feels right two, to me. Two thirds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two thirds of your congregation is like, I don't trust that guy. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, th- let's think about this by the numbers. A third of the congregation is like, I don't trust. Right. Two thirds like me. A third is like, I don't like. Yeah. That guy. So Sunday morning, that look feels out. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... One third of those people think yeah. you're up to no Scowling. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, they might like me. They just don't think I'm ethical. Those are two very different things. All right. <laughs> right yeah. You can like an unethical person. Right. <laughs> That's true. You know, I guess like the mob members like each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they probably would not be like yeah, yeah, yeah. our he, ethics guy he's such a good guy <laughs> so <you> good <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think the mob has a strong like DEI training <laughs> it's probably not high on their list <laughs> you know hey man, it's they a, don't do ethics classes it's a new generation's you know? mob alright Anybo- <laughs> anybody's welcome in the mob <laughs> how to make sure women in the mob feel included right, right. <laughs> watch the sports analogies That's right <laughs> Yeah. You can't just go break your <laughs> kneecaps. You gotta, you know. What's our maternal leave policy in the mob? Is you know they're debating, they're figuring it out. Right. Like you know, right. I respect it. Yeah. All right, all right. Brave new world. Let's lay off the mob. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get shot. <laughs> gonna find ourselves with some Optimistically, cement shoes. maybe by a woman. <laughs> Best case scenario. Right. <laughs> uh. All right, uh, David Fletcher here, founder of X Pastor, uh, quotes. Uh, it may be that people are thinking, well, I trust my pastor, but not the ones I see on social media. Sure. However, sooner or later, this drop will influence local decisions. For example, if a senior pastor has a conflict with a governing board, people may more quickly say, well, our pastor is just like those other pastors. 
All right. What do you think yeah. about that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think mm, wielding uh, the position of pastor in a congregation is always fraught with that risk, yeah. right? Um, because you're constantly balancing the fact that you are there to care for people in their spirituality and you're there to lead them places they might not want to go, <laughs> right? And um, particularly, you know, in a context like the Woodlands, right, we have a lot of people who spend their days in fairly high-powered corporate positions yeah. uh, who are not necessarily used to not getting what they want. If, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think lo- at Lord of Life, we do this better than a lot of places. But that can be a really fraught position for a pastor who is trained theologically, but is not necessarily trained in, trained in leadership management and yeah. you know all of that stuff. Sure. Uh, it can be a really dangerous, tricky position to find yourself in. And so uh, if you're not leading people in such a way that we see all of these things as being rooted in a larger mission and a larger vision of what holds us together, if you're not leading people in that way, then it's really easy for anybody to start associating with a decision that you make as pastor with whether or not they like you as a person. For sure. Um, and it's maybe it's maybe not intended as personal, but that's the mindset that's happening. So uh, that's why relationships are so vital to this mm-hmm. ministry, right? To yeah. be uh, cultivating that space. And it's why integrity is so vital, right? Like, I don't want to say like you have to be uh, above reproach as a pastor, right? But you do have to be really aware of how am I living and how am I acting and how am I treating people, right? You have to have a higher standard for yourself than you perhaps have of others, which means that you probably can't yell at the person in the council meeting the way that you want to yell and you probably can't call them a name that you want to call them you probably can't just storm out of a meeting that you don't want to be a part of right you have to be the bigger person and step into these places mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. act with faith and trust and promise in the midst of that even when it's not always returned to you it, it sure. doesn't mean you just open yourself up to abuse right but you have to you have to have a, a different yeah. layer of I've often thought that a margarita machine just (laughs) available in a meeting room here would fix a lot of those problems, but... Yeah. It's an interesting Uh theory. Yeah. (laughs) That's my input. (laughs) I'm yet to meet a problem that's made better by tequila, but, you know, it's... (laughs) What kind of problems are you having? (laughs) Just saying. Some of those bathroom problems. uh, (laughs) That's where he has to strap himself in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So, you know, he also says changes in societal views can influence church members and leaders beneath the surface. It's like the tide carrying us along for quite some time before we realize we have moved. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think this is, you know, good information. So even if you as a listener are like, I trust clergy and I trust my pastor. And I think that most pastors out there are doing the best they can in a rapidly changing world and having to navigate wearing multiple hats. And some of those hats, they're just not going to be that good at. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just a reality. Mm -hmm. Like. A pastor has to be a preacher, a counselor, a finance manager, mm-hmm. a CEO, and some of those things are just not going to be that good at. Yeah, uh, like not not every pastor can be an A plus across the board. Yeah, uh, present company excluded. Thanks, right. Patrick. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> very kind. And um, hold but, your applause. <laughs> but I think it does raise the question: like, what happens when your pastor yeah. fails in one of those areas? Right? Like, yeah. like in one of those areas, like in your eyes, they mess up. And that becomes maybe this cultural mistrust will bubble to the surface for a congregation or for an individual, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, wow, my pastor messed up. And this isn't necessarily like a mess up in the terms of like they had an affair or or, or or stole from the church treasury. I mean, like those are obvious things, but like when you expected a phone call and never got one, when they said something um, from the pulpit yeah. that not only challenged you, but you vehemently disagreed with. Mm. Yeah. Or they 
moved the budget around so that programming that you liked and valued was cut for something that you think is not valuable or yeah. not important yeah. is uplifted. You know, like mm. so when those things happen, what happens to a congregation yeah. when this cultural mistrust is there? Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important question for us to kind of look at and ask. And maybe we're not quite sure how do we navigate that? Yeah. yeah. I think that's really valuable. I think it's also valuable to remember that mistrust is often carried from one pastor to the next, regardless of mm. who that pastor is, sure. right? Um, there's a lot of uh, work that's been done on like congregations where there has been a really serious breach of pa- pastoral trust, right? Whether that's an affair or financial misconduct or whatever that might be, and the ways in which that continues to impact how they treat pastors going forward. Sure. Um, right? You know, pastors, five or six uh, iterations of that pastorage down the line are still suffering the effects of people not trusting that pastor yeah. maybe 20, 30, 50 years ago. Mm. Uh, you still feel that. And so, you know, as a leader and as a congregation, you have to be aware of that. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's good. Right? I, I do think pastors should earn our trust. I don't think we should just blanketly say, oh, you're a pastor. I have to trust everything you do. Uh, I think it's okay to have healthy skepticism and, and ask questions. And you know, But we also have to be willing to acknowledge this is the person that has been called to lead. And am I upset because this is out of line with our understanding of what the gospel is saying? Or am I upset because this is not something I like? Mm. Right. Um, and you know, I, I, to what you said, right? Something you said, or something a pastor said from the pulpit when I was in high school, high school, middle school, doesn't matter. When I was growing up. Uh, we had a, a member of our congregation who died by suicide, uh, mm-hmm. very tragically. Uh, and it was two or three months later. I don't remember exactly the timeline, but a couple months later, the pastor during the sermon made a reference how you can't pull uh, individual pieces of scripture out uh, on their own, right? And and in the sermon, he made a reference to Judas uh, hanging himself, and then. Uh, pulling out another verse that said something along the lines of you and you should go and do likewise, right? Mm. To make the point of like, you can't just pull a verse here, yeah. here, and here, or you're going to end up thinking that you should hang yourself. Clearly, somebody in the congregation thought this was in very poor taste uh, because sure. of what had happened, right? Right. Totally understand it. Pastor apologized, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that particular family, not the family that had uh, had this uh, death in it, but that particular family that was particularly offended left the congregation because they could not get past that, which mm. that's there. That's fine, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. But like that sort of breach, right? It's a simple thing. It's a sm- it's a, a one line joke. Where like I don't know that the pastor even made the connection in his head. Is he like he was making a theological point about something Certainly that was not. completely unrelated right. to that, right? Yeah. But they were so hurt that they could not get past that, yeah. and uh, we we have to be aware of that. And at some point, right, we as pastors have to be willing to say, "I completely understand. I screwed up." Like we have to be willing to say that. Yeah. You also can't carry, uh, that, but we for can't carry that for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We're not responsible for your pain either. Right. Like, you know, yeah. wh- when we've made a genuine apology, and that's part of it, is that pastors are really good at non-apology apologies, <laughs> especially like publicly. Like we see yeah. a lot of that junk going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if if you're if pastors genuinely make an effort to authentically apologize, repent of whatever it was that happened, right? We've got to be willing to own up to that too, and yeah. you know, got to be in a relationship with one another. I, yeah. I think on the flip side is we've seen churches and maybe this is in the 30% of the younger millennials yeah. kind of like, again, they have more of a circle, the wagons kind of mentality. Yeah. Tribalism yep. is strong of like my pastor did something wrong. And like we, because we're a Christian church are going to show grace and forgiveness and mercy. Yep. And we end up defending kind of like my pastor as a perpetrator versus defending and ignoring the, vi- the victim, the yeah. victim yeah. and things like that, yeah. you know, or like this pastor, had an act that I know is wrong, and yet 
My personal spiritual life has been enriched by their words and teaching, and I don't want to deal with the messy work of like reconciling those two things. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to pretend like, well, we just forgive him because yep. because right. like, hey, uh, David had an affair with Bathsheba, and like he's got a, he's a man after yep. God's own heart. So like, you know, it's all good. Yeah, like everybody falls. You know, we're all sinners. You know, like so, like move on. Let's just move on. Let's yeah. just and and typically would not show the same level of grace and understanding to a public figure on the opposite side of the religious or political spectrum, mm-hmm. but within your own, no big deal, right? Yeah. Like, right. It's, you know, right. like, and so I think, you know, that might be an an enriched, I trust this person because of my personal or spiritual connection to them, mm-hmm. but it creates a distrust, right, from the outside community, right? Yeah. If they see a congregation, you know, like, choose to surround the perpetrator versus mm-hmm. the victim, like, it definitely yeah. creates, like, a bit of, like, bad taste at minimum versus yeah. outright rage yeah. and like and um and a pulling away like i don't want anything to do with that yeah yeah and, and look like there across the board in every profession there are perpetrators right like yep. you know but not every profession has a group of people lining up to defend the perpetrators yeah. right like, sure. and like you know, unique the catholic church this the scandal wasn't just the sex scandal it was the cover-up yeah. right. on top of it that yep. made yep. it worse right yep. like like the i think people maybe could have understood a catholic church who's like this individual thing happened and we came down hard yeah. on those that did this yeah. we reported them to the authorities yeah like this is unacceptable yeah. yeah bad actors happen yeah. we can we can get behind yeah. right but the well we just moved them to another parish yeah and, and then swept it under the rug for 30 yeah. years and yeah and like yeah convinced the victims that nothing really all that bad happened or it wasn't that big of a deal. Or mm-hmm. if you said anything, it would damage the church. Right. Like, so you can't say anything because yeah. we got to protect the church. Yeah. That the church is more important than you, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I think that is, you know, creates that level of mistrust. Right. So you got to navigate that. Like one, hold pastors accountable and accept apologies while also making sure any victims in there are listened to, supported and yep. affirmed. Yep. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some more information here. So um, part of one of the things that they kind of reference here, I think is important, is scripture highlights, you know, Christians and in general pastors should be concerned about their reputation with the outside world, right? Yes. Like mm-hmm. um, have a good reputation with outsiders and live good lives so those outside the church can see your good deeds, right? Like like it's not just enough for a pastor especially to be a good influence or a good, you know, in the eyes of the, just to be in the eyes of the congregation, a good and trustworthy person. And they have to be asking the question, how am I in the eyes of my neighbors, the people that I interact with outside of this building? Yep. You know, like that matters. All right. So got one more quote here. Uh, And this is from the book, The Resilient Pastor by Glenn Pakeham. I am less interested in finding ways to regain our credibility than I am in our willingness to take responsibility of, for why we've lost it. From small county church, churches to uber medical churches, many pastors have been found to be bullies and hypocrites, alcohol abusers and womanizers. The crisis of credibility is a symptom. The misuse of authority is the root cause. All right, so let me ask you, from your position Uh-oh. as pastor. <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> what can you do about this? If the misuse of authority is the root cause, yeah. There's, you know, obviously two things. One, don't do that yourself. Check. Yeah. <laughs> but how do we do that for Christendom as a whole? Yeah. Um, and the misuse of power is, is such a, just a vast thing. And I think 
it's a two-edged sword. Uh, that's not the right metaphor. It's a some, both sides have to be a part of this, right? The congregation and the pastor have to be a part of this. And I think having real, honest conversations about congregational expectations, and having real, honest expectations about uh, pastoral responsibilities uh, in within that context, right? That really matters. Uh, open lines of communication really matter. Uh, but honestly, more than anything, what matters is the pastor's own journey of self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, self-care is such a, a buzz thing right now. Like self-care does not mean that you have to go and lay on a beach for a week and take Instagram photos of yourself. Um, right? But self-care is, you know, how is the pastor uh, caring for themselves spiritually? How are they spending time in devotion and word? How are they being mentored by uh, other spiritual leaders in some capacity? How are they uh, praying for their congregation and for their people? How are they invest? If they're married, how are they investing in their marriage and in their family to ensure that remains as healthy as possible, right? Um, because what we see, at least as I've seen other pastors who really struggle with this, uh, whether it be alcoholism or uh, um, sexual misconduct, whatever that might be, right? At the root of that, there's something in their own personal life that is unhealthy. And that becomes a void that they're trying to fill with this yeah. other thing, right? Whether they've thrown themselves fully into their work and so their marriage is suffering and then suddenly they find themselves in an affair or they've thrown themselves fully into uh, you know, caring for somebody's uh, spouse that's dying and they, they find themselves overwhelmed with grief that they're not coping with, so they find themselves drinking, right? Whatever those things are, um, there's some way in which we're not caring for ourselves personally, professionally, spiritually, physically, and that is manifesting itself in another mm. place. And so yeah. if we as pastors are not taking the time to care for ourselves, we're not any good to anybody. I mean, we can go full circle back to the, the plane thing here, right? Like if you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself first, then you can't help the guy who's locked in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably can help the guy who's locked in the bathroom. <laughs> right, <laughs> they can't get him out. That's just, he's fine. Over, overextended, <laughs> we tried. Overextended <laughs> the metaphor, yeah. you get it. However, yeah. we could not. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, pastors, we, oftentimes we get into a, a situation like this because we're people who want to help others, right? Mm-hmm. I, you don't usually go to seminary because you want to be a CEO, you don't usually go to seminary because you want to be yelled at by people who disagree with you. Uh, you know, you go to seminary because you have a passion for Jesus and for helping other people know about Jesus and, and things like that. And so because we love to help people, we often are types of people who are willing to sacrifice our own health and well-being for the sake of others. And yeah. that is a really dangerous and slippery slope to go down. And a lot of congregations inadvertently expect it. Hmm. Um, you know, yeah. th- that congregation expects the phone call uh, for that person that died, even if you were on vacation. They expect you to, you know, come back and do that funeral, even if you were supposed to be off that day. They, you know, a lot of places do that, and that's uh, just we've yeah. got to we've got to switch our mentality of our expectations of our leaders, and we as leaders have to switch our mentality of how we're caring for ourselves as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I know. I've talked to like younger youth leaders, and I always remind, tell them like, don't work on your day off. It's going to yeah. be tempting, especially if you're young and if you're single. It's going to be tempting, like, hey, this will be fun. I like doing my, I like my job. I like doing it. But like, I, I always feel like the church will never pull back. Right. Like, like they'll, you'll never have a period where they look at you and be like, I think you're working too much. Like, you need to go home. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't. It's not going to happen. Like, so you have to practice drawing that boundary early. Yeah. Right. Like, and figuring out what that boundary for you looks like, because mm-hmm. like, it, it's not going to come, you know, from the church because they they don't think that way. Yeah. Like, and that's just, that's the reality. Cause like they're, they don't care that it's your day off. They, some, most of the congregation doesn't even know it's your day off. Right. Right. You know, they're like, I have a need now. Yeah. You could take tomorrow off. Yeah. It's and, not, with it's that. not usually malicious. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of course it, not. It's not, they don't care about you. It's that they're just, they're unaware. Right. For and sure. Like, yeah. yeah. And 
you know, as a pastor, there are also things that you have to balance, right? Like I'm hundred percent on board. Don't work on your day off. But then you know what? Somebody, Sometimes you do. Yeah. yeah somebody's <laughs> yeah. going to, you know, get sick and be on their deathbed. And you know, yeah, the call of the office also leads you there. So how do you care for yourself even within those times when you have right. to work on your day off? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I guess the last kind of question or point here is I think in our congregation, I think we're doing well. I think we have pastors we can trust. I trust personally. Thanks. I trust both of our pastors. Mm-hmm. That's I work one with, down. Yeah. I work with them and I enjoy them as human beings, not just as my pastor. Uh, but I can also acknowledge there are pastors and churches within our Woodlands community that I don't think are doing it right. Let's name yeah. them. Where's yes. our, <laughs> name Where's our out hit the list? list. <laughs> name and claim it. All right. Yeah. Um, Number one. But I do think that sometimes churches might have to name it. Yeah. Like they might have. Yeah. We might have to. Uh, yeah. We might have to look at pastors out there who are so obviously politicized mm-hmm. or um, corrupt or engaging in these levels of tribalism where they're the perpetrator and we have to protect the victims that they're leaving behind kind of a trail of humans and churches in wreckage as Mm -hmm. they move on to the next thing. Like we have to say that is wrong and that we cannot stand for it. And and maybe, you know, obviously Lord of life in the woodlands, Texas looking at, um, Mark Driscoll, mm-hmm. who, owns, who owns a church in Scottsdale, who was pastoring a church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Like, what are we going to do, right? right? But like, we may have to look at that within our sometimes our own denomination mm-hmm. and sometimes within our own community. And pastors yeah. might have to say that's wrong. What's happening in that building and that congregation is wrong, and we stand against it. Yeah. And even if we don't have any actual power over it, it's at least like we've got to hold the church to a standard. And you know, that's not very fun. You know, no, sometimes no. that might even be co you know, coworkers in Christ or even potentially friends. And so yeah. like what's happening there is wrong. Yeah. And that's that's yep. a challenge. Yeah. All right. Uh any other thoughts? Uh yeah, I'll, I'll give you the list here as we're kind of wrapping up. Of congregations that you don't that trust. Don't like. <laughs> yeah. Here's who I don't trust. <laughs> yeah. Professional ranking by ethical standards rating. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, do you want to do we want to guess? Yeah, why don't you guess? So who, who do we trust the most, Elise? The uh, most. I'm gonna say. Well, I actually, I read this list, so I know, and I was shocked by who number one oh. was. I because uh, I'll to tell me, you, I'm like absolutely not. I'll tell you somebody. You tell me higher or lower than clergy. Okay. How okay. About, oh, okay. Because okay. right. yeah. okay. like there's all the, of them higher. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be easy. <laughs> Clergy's come in at thirty two percent. All right. Um, engineers. Higher. What do, like. Just engineers in the world, like people. The word engineers is on the list. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> higher, sure. Why not? It's higher. Sixty percent. Yeah. Police officers. Oh shoot. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Lower. I'm gonna say higher. Forty-five percent higher. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Still, still wow. a lot of people. You know, that's yeah. bankers. Lower. Higher. It's lower. Nineteen percent. Yes. Three for three. Yeah. Lawy- so I'm so trustworthy. Yeah. Lawyers. Lo- lower. Lower. Yeah, sixteen percent. <laughs> Chiropractors higher. Higher. Thirty three percent. Who is? I mean, like, <laughs> I, you go to a chiropractor, sure, like he cracks your back or whatever. Who is? Like, I don't the ethical standards of my chiropractor. <laughs> right. I don't have an opinion. Like, <laughs> he cracks my back. Listen, I don't lot, even go to a chiropractor. A lot of people think chiropractors are quacks. I'm just saying. That's, yeah. I, yeah, I think on chiropractors, it's a feast or famine when it comes yeah. to your opinion. Like, you right. think they're either nonsense, useless, or... <laughs> yeah. They're re- they're the real doctors. Apparently, apparently, thirty three percent are in the real doctor camp. The, yeah. yeah, that's you should. You know, you've got the flu. Go to a chiropractor. That's right. <laughs> right, right. Allergies, chiropractor. That's right. No, fix you right up. Veterinarians, higher. higher. Yeah, that's high. That's sixty five percent. That's pretty high. Everybody loves everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah. that journey for vets. 
Yeah. Well, you know, anybody who cares about animals. There's still 35% yeah, it, of people who don't like, like it. automatically kind of like, yeah, you're all right. Nurses. Higher. And this is number one. This is number one. Yeah. I was going to guess nurses is number one. I don't get it. People love nurses, man. I don't get it. Uh, I feel like I've had nurses accidentally almost kill me multiple times. <laughs> so <laughs> They've come down to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, nurse, typically if you're in a doctor's office or mm-hmm. hospital, I mean, they're more connected to patient care. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you have like, I'm in need the nurse is probably the, the one yeah. who's like you're communicating that to. The doctor comes in, then you know, is there for five minutes and just walks out, and then you may or may not see them again. So like nurse is usually the one you see. Yeah. At least. And there are wonderful nurses. I should put that out there. Yeah. But there are also nurses that I think just scraped by nursing school and they're still nurses too. There are so, pastors that just scrape through seminaries. <laughs> right. Or, like know. I don't yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, pilots who just scrape through pilot school too. There, yeah. <laughs> no, there are. <laughs> Members of Congress comes at the lowest. Six percent. All right. Well, Still beat sense. Congress. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, I did really good at guessing that list. I'm feeling really good. Well, about congratulations. Yeah. You, yeah. Are, you are in tune with the ethical <sighs> standards ratings right. yeah. of American institutional that's, jobs. Yes. That's, mm-hmm. that's where my wheelhouse is. <laughs> and, and again, I don't know how chiropractors made this list. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. This is one of these things. Is not acupuncturists like the <laughs> also on there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you trust your acupuncturist more or less than your chiropractor? I'm an acupuncturist. Yeah. My foot massager. Are <laughs> right. they on there? Right. Come yeah. on, yes. Horoscopist. Yeah. Right. And look, uh, our son saw a chiropractor. Yeah. And she did great. I would think she did a great job. I would not trust her for anything outside of the chiropractic. Right. You sure. Know, for doing that specific job. You right. Know, like it, it doesn't. A, a chiropractor changed my life once. By cracking my back, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, I bet it felt great. So that part was yeah. awesome, and I've never had allergies <laughs> since. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the rest of the but stuff, you not go to like, a chiropractor for COVID, right? I'm like, you know who I really trust? Chiropractors. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. That's weird. Yeah. If you are super, super trust your chiropractor, do chiropractors go to medical school? No, I don't oh, know. Oh, actually, ish, ish. Yeah. Some of them do. <laughs> but it's you complicated. You didn't like become a doctor to become a chiropractor. A medical doctor, an MD, to become a chiropractor. Right. I'm so not, it, yeah. it's it's complicated. All right. We don't need to go into there are doctors right of osteopathy. Oh, which is not the same as chiropractor. Which is not the same. So there's two different types of medical degrees. Well, I trust that both doc- result in doctor. I trust doctors of osteopathy. That sounds more. That's the ones that usually have a chiropractic component to their training. What's the real doctor? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I trust the honorary doctor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to do with the flu. All right. <laughs> who are the ones who gave money to a university right. and get a doctor? Or was a famous graduate. That's right. I want that. That's who's going to tell me what to do. All right. We've exhausted this. Uh, for sure. All right. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, write in and let us know uh, who you trust more or less than your pastor. We'd which, love to hear which that. Which of the three of us do you trust? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, which host of Beyond Sunday do you host the, or trust the most? You can send those emails to Beyond Sunday podcast at gmail.com and of course check out all of our episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com yeah Taylor Swift was not on the list if you trust her or not she is if you trust trusted. her endorsement for president right I don't know about her endorsement for president but I guarantee she is trusted more than clergy mm-hmm. I'm sure she is yes yeah. well especially amongst middle school females yeah <laughs> and NFL fans yes yeah, she released a new uh, album yeah at the Grammys announced it during her speech literally Every one of our high school youth on their Instagram shared that in their story. Every <laughs> one of them. <laughs> I, I didn't even know she did this. Oh yeah, I'm out yeah. of the loop. Everyone. She made a Grammy. I, I saw speech. the I saw the the new album cover posted on. Yeah. Twenty different high school. When she Instagrams. broke the record <laughs> and won her fourth album of the year. Oh, Grammy. Congratulations, Tim. <laughs> All right. Her. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.